0: On the 21st of February, 2021, over 120,000 Indian farmers gathered at a grain market in Punjab to protest the government. The crowds of men and women arrived early, making their way to the market in tractors, buses, trailers, and cars, waving flags and vowing to head south to the capital of New Delhi to make their voices heard. Waiting for them in Delhi are tens of thousands more farmers. They've been camped near the highways leading into the capital for months. This is Beyond the Headlines. I'm your host, Taylor Heyman. And this week, we're looking at why India's farmers have been protesting since August 2020. The first protest started in Punjab and Haryana against proposed new agricultural laws. So what exactly is the
1: new legislation that sparked such a fervent response? Uh, Basically, one deals with the sale of produce in the free market. The second law seeks to give farmers the right to enter into a contract farming with wholesalers, exporters or large retailers for the sale of future farming produce uh, at a pre-agreed price. And the last one uh, seeks with deregulating uh, government control on food commodities um, and for storage and sale. That was Tanya Dutta, a freelance journalist who's written extensively about the protests for The
0: National since they began. The new laws deregulate the current system, allowing farmers to sell directly to traders such as supermarkets or private corporations. The government claims the laws, passed by Parliament in September, are designed to help lift the country out of a crippling agricultural crisis. They say the laws open up new opportunities for the farmers to increase their income. But the farmers disagree, saying those with smaller acreages of land are at risk of losing their livelihoods. And the laws leave them vulnerable to being squeezed by big business. When the laws passed in September,
1: there had already been local protests, but to little avail. Uh, The protests kicked off soon in Punjab after the legislations were passed in September. Uh, But since uh, November 26, these farmers mainly from Punjab and Haryana are protesting on Delhi borders. Uh, They have set up these 10 cities. They have come on the highways where they they have set up community kitchens, they're serving food, uh, they're saying eat, sleep in tractors um, under the open sky. Tanya
0: has visited the farmers at their various camps, interviewed protest leaders and travelled to the countryside to see how the farms are run without them there. To understand the scale of the situation, it is essential to understand how important farming is to India. Over half the country's workforce is employed directly or indirectly by agriculture. But the sector only brings in 15% of India's GDP. Dwindling profits over recent decades are driving farmers to desperate measures. From the start, the farmers meant business. Many packed enough supplies to last six months, trundling up to Delhi on tractors. They came mainly from northern Punjab, often called the breadbasket of India due to growing 60% of the nation's wheat, and also from Haryana. Most of India's 119 million farmers grow one or more of the 23 crops listed by the government as having a minimum support price, or MSP. This means crops are brought by farmers to wholesale markets and can only be sold for more than a minimum price set by the state they live in. The intention is to stop smaller landowners being exploited by large companies and protect farmers from fluctuations in the market. But even with the guarantee of the MSP half
1: of Indian farmers are still in debt. Farmers have expressed their apprehension, um, arguing that the laws will actually privatise the agriculture sector and drive out small farmers and will leave them at the mercy of big corporations uh, who can manipulate the prices by holding crops. And uh, they also see government's action, you know, in um, shouted in Suspicion, uh, which is largely based on the belief that these laws are to benefit corporates Hence, farmers are not showing any flexibility despite the court and the government prom- uh, promising to stall the law. Secondly, at the heart of uh, the debate is that the government will scrap the minimum support price. Now, minimum support price is a pricing system which uh, offers guaranteed rates to safeguard the farmers. Uh, the MSP is a- actually there for 23 crops, but mostly implemented on rice and wheat, and which is mainly procured from Punjab and Haryana. So it's clear the
0: current system isn't working. The government says their new laws reduce its interference in the market, allowing farmers to sell their crops to any buyer. But farmers fear this system will obliterate wholesale markets, causing the state to abandon MSPs and drive down prices, meaning only big players will be able to afford to grow and sell crops. They argue it's the government's job to set fair standards instead of letting the market decide. Davinda Shirma is an agricultural activist and author of the book Gat and India, The Politics of Agriculture.
2: Well, if we look at it, the markets, the way the markets operate, and if we are going to the Uh, To follow the or adopt the market economy model as far as agriculture is concerned, which means uh, bringing in open markets in agriculture, uh, they they are definitely the markets definitely would be uh, not happy if we bring in a minimum support price or if we bring in an assured price, because as we all know that uh, markets operate on supply and demand, and it is generally believed uh, that the markets would be markets being efficient and markets being competitive, uh, the farmers would get a higher price. But in reality, this has not happened anywhere in the world.
0: Another thing that is important to understand in this complicated story is the role of subsidies. Anyone who's bought a bag of carrots or onions for a price that seemed a bit too good to be true will recognise that farmers can't possibly be making enough money to stay afloat on their own. The European Union spends around 65 billion US dollars a year on subsidising farmers in the bloc. In the US, Congress approved $35 billion in emergency aid to farmers in 2020 alone. Many governments view subsidies as necessary to get food to our tables while keeping it affordable for the consumer. But no such system of subsidy is available or in the works in India, Devinda says
2: if you look at the rich developed countries, um, the farm incomes are going down. In fact, uh, the farm incomes are being propped up by huge agriculture support which the rich countries provide to their agriculture. Much of the uh, or uh, let's say a significant proportion of the farm income in uh, these countries is uh, coming from agriculture subsidies uh, that the governments have provided which means uh, that the if the markets were efficient I see no reason why, why the governments would pump in uh, huge subsidies in agriculture by way of even including uh, direct income support. So I think it is quite obvious that uh, markets haven't uh, uh, anywhere in the world have been able to give farmers a higher income and uh, the, the 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 more they can uh, exploit or the more they can get the raw material cheaper, uh, that's how the, the markets will be happy and comfortable.
0: Both sides understand that something needs to change, as the new laws do not give the farmers the security they want. But the reaction to the protests has done little to foster a sense of cooperation. When the protests first came to Delhi in November, groups were barred from entering the city by police wielding water cannons and tear gas, So instead, they set up camps on and beside the huge highways leading into the capital. Family members swapped in and out of protests, sharing the load of keeping the farm running. Weeks and months passed, and despite the worldwide COVID-19 pandemic, the roadside camps only grew. Here's Tanya again.
1: Protesters from different backgrounds, you know, uh, when I say different backgrounds as in religion, and they're not just Sikhs, they're also Hindus and Muslims, and, you know, uh, they have come together, they're protesting uh, in these ten cities on highways and they're making uh, food for each other. They sing amazing, you know, um, uh, revolutionary songs. So it is, it is a very different feeling. This friendly, affable spirits came to an abrupt end
0: on January 26th. After two months outside of Delhi, some sections of the protest movement turned violent. Over 200 protesters were arrested
1: in a single day these farmers had planned to march into Delhi on the country's Republic Day. Uh, The government had agreed to allow a symbolic tractor march parade around the capital's borders, uh, which is like dozens of miles away from uh, where the the Republic Day celebration venue is. Um, But then what happened is, Tens of thousands of farmers they breached into the Indian capital on their tractors and horseback. Some were carrying armed, um, uh, you know, so, uh, swords and spears, and they defied prohibitions um, and eventually clashed with police in a show of strength. But it was, it was a very different feel because they were just tractors and tractors uh, on roads, and you know, they were singing and chanting, and they were demanding, uh, you know, these these farm laws to be repealed. But then things turned, awry for for these. Uh, I mean, a section, uh, uh, not not the the whole, the all the farmers, but a section of these protesters actually uh, went inside the Red Fort and they they kind of uh, hoisted the religious flag. So that is when things changed for the the farmers or the protesters. A lot of Men have been, uh, m- have gone missing, uh, at least 126 people have been arrested in connection of the, of the bi- violence across the national you know, capital. So things have definitely changed uh, on ground. People, people have, con- I mean, they are continuing the protest, but uh, earlier it was more about singing and singing songs and, you know, uh, getting together and uh, talking about revolutions and religion. But now they have subdued a little. On the 2nd of February 2021, singer
0: and entrepreneur Rihanna shared a link to a news story about the demonstrations. The accompanying words, why aren't we talking about this? A day later, climate activist Greta Thunberg tweeted her support of the farmer's strike. The response in India was as diverse as can be expected for a nation of 1.3 billion people. Although at least 15 opposition parties have backed the farmers, supporters of the government took to the streets to burn images of Rihanna and Greta Thunberg. Tanya tells us how the people took to the Rihanna tweet.
1: Protesters are those who are supporting these farm protests have obviously, you know, uh, have thanked her and, uh, for, for drawing attention to these protests. But then government slammed these celebrities uh, for the comments in support of farmer protests. And they, the government um, issued a... Basically, the Ministry of External Affairs, they said, they called them that, you know, uh, these things are neither accurate nor responsible. It is very, you know, surprising or rather interesting how um, our Indian celebrities, starting from, you know, Bollywood actors to singers to uh, cricketers, they have all come out and they have said that this is an internal matter. Then on February
0: 13th, A young activist named Disha Ravi left her house in India's Bangalore to the sound of camera shutters and the shouts of journalists. Led away by police, she was flown to the nation's capital to face questioning about her role in a protest movement threatening to damage Prime Minister Narendra Modi's popularity. Disha and two others were arrested for their alleged role in creating a toolkit for farmers demonstrating against the changes. The toolkit had been linked to on Greta Thunberg's Twitter account and included the recommended use of hashtags on social media, calls to contact government representatives and how to get involved in the protests and sign petitions. But Disha was released on bail when Judge Dharmendra Rana said the evidence against her was scanty and sketchy. But the situation draws attention to another central reason of why tensions are rising, the popular Prime Minister Narendra Modi. Modi won by a landslide in the 2019 election, securing over 55% of the seats in parliament. He has remained a popular figure in the country,
1: having come from humble beginnings. This is definitely uh, thus far the biggest challenge uh, Prime Minister Modi has faced in the last six years. And it is very difficult for him and his government to strike a balance between uh, the sentiments or protecting the sentiments of farmers and, you know, shoring up the economy through private investments. Uh, India's rural population is roughly 70%. And if the government is going to antagonize that faction, it is definitely going to affect them politically. Modi or the government did not expect that um, these protests would last for three months. Uh, And Modi has appealed to these, to the protesting farmers to withdraw they stir and, and he has promised that, you know, um, they will not even touch MSP, but the problem is uh, they the government has completely failed to ass- give them assurances in writing, which has been their demand. The farmers have been demanding that, you know, okay, fine, you give us the assurances that um, MSP would not be, uh, you know, uh, they, they will not uh, change anything or promise them that they will get the MSP in writing, but the Modi government has definitely failed to do so. Uh, it is also going to be a challenge for the government because the previous BJP-led government in 2004 lost the elections, rather re-elections, after focusing its campaign on urban centres with the slogan, India Shining. And they ignored the rural masses, uh, resulting in their defeat.
0: But Modi's BJP party and the farmers are at an impasse. And despite efforts, a resolution has not been reached. There have been 11 rounds of talks, but the farmers and the government are sticking to their positions. India's Supreme Court stepped in on January 12th, imposing a temporary pause on the legislation and appointing a committee to address grievances.
1: In the last round of talks, government had offered to suspend the laws for 12 to 18 months, but farmers have rejected that. Um, PMO has again invited the farmer leaders uh, for a fresh round of talks, but uh, there has been uh, no headway. The only solution that I feel or you know, the, the, the most people feel left is that one's office site has to relent to and the impasse. Government has maintained that these protests are misplaced and those who are protesting are misled by rival political parties. Or so uh, there is definitely, uh, despite like 11 rounds, the uh, protests are ongoing. And it's like one of the sides has to take a call, right, to, to relent, to end the impasse. right?
0: But could all of this have been avoided if the BJP had consulted with farmers first instead of pushing through the legislation?
2: The way these laws were pushed, you know, at first by by way of ordinances and then, uh, you know, hastily pushed through parliament, uh, raises a lots of uh, question. And farmers have time and again said that uh, it would have been much better that if they if uh, the policymakers had. Uh, a discussion with them or deliberated about these laws with the farmers, the major stakeholders. And also, if the laws could have been debated and deliberated across the country at various levels, perhaps then they could have been a a better kind of an approach to how to address this agrarian crisis.
0: But Devinder adds this issue is much larger than India. The billions of dollars worth of subsidies in places like the US and Europe are proof.
2: Now that clearly tells us that uh, the open markets have uh, not performed to our expectation in the sense that the farm incomes have uh, gone up in those countries. Imagine if, uh, if these uh, subsidies were to be withdrawn, what will happen to, to, to the agriculture in these rich developed countries? Then a country like Kenya, uh, we also introduce uh, these market reforms uh, sometimes back and uh, agriculture again in uh, in Kenya stands uh, devastated. A study by London School of Economics has shown. The point I'm trying to make is that uh, for larger land holdings in uh, America and uh, Europe and for smaller land holdings in, uh, in Kenya, uh, open markets haven't uh, uh, done or delivered the kind of uh, expectation that it was supposed to. Now what we need or we need to understand is that if the markets have not performed or not helped to raise farm income in these countries, how will it help raise farm incomes in India where 86% of the farmers have smaller land holdings, less than five acres?
0: This crisis looks set to rumble on for some time. You've been listening to Beyond the Headlines. I've been your host, Taylor Heyman. If you've enjoyed this episode, please click the subscribe button in your favourite podcasting app. And if you could spare a few moments, please leave a review. We'd love to know what you think. Thanks this week to Tanya Dutta and Davinda Sharma. This week's episode was produced by Arthur Edison and Aisha Khan.